I ever were to lose you, I truly lose myself. Everything I found here, I've not found by myself. Try and sometimes you'll succeed to make this man of me. All my stolen missing parts, I've no need for anymore. Cause I believe, and I believe, cause I can't see our future days. Listen to our sweet, soft voices. This is me, your co-host, Jeremiah Stevenson. And this is Matt. I'm checking to make sure that Zoom is recording our shit, which it is. Um, so I, have a, I saw something funny um, a few days ago. I was, uh, it was, I was watching TV late in bed. Ashley was already asleep. And I woke her up laughing. Ooh, what were you laughing about, sir? Mike Tyson Mysteries. I need to watch that. You've it's on Hulu now, several, especially several since especially since Hulu took South Park off because now it's on HBO Max. See, yeah. I'm not getting HBO Max till the Snyder Cut comes out. Well, if you want my HBO Max account, y'all dude, have it. I'm about to get it with a new AT and T because listeners, I just moved and that it was a little fun. It was not fun. It was fun and then it was not fun. It was very emotional, sad. We lost one of our roommates, but me and the other roommate Leaves coming together from the vibe. <laughs> Come falling down, <laughs> little soldier boy. Come marching home. home. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. So yeah, it was a, it was a whole experience. Um, I don't know how I got on the moving. What was it? <laughs> also, y'all, this but is. But you're about to get HBO Max. Yeah, about to get HBO Max. Um, so I'll, I'll pass that over to you. Um, and my former roommate, Luke Yenzor. <laughs> May he. Cause all the chaos and Memphis deviancy yes. in fucking Tennessee, yeah. Memphis, right? Yep, Memphis. Yes, uh, just texted us. Oh, excuse me. Oh, so listeners. Oh yeah. By the way, you fuckers, we're recording this on Zoom. You're not getting yeah. a video because fuck that right now. Yeah. I'm sorry, I got too much on my plate, and also I, just I look like shit in the video right you now. Don't look like shit. I look. My like background shit. looks like ass. Ooh. It looks like a, I'm sitting inside of a storage unit. You're back from Dizot. Okay, for y'all who have seen his past videos, go back and watch one of our other Zoom videos. His new bedroom is fucking, or his new 
office space. I don't even want to call it. It's like an office. It's just a bat cave, too. My home studio. Your home studio. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Um, it's great because it's uh, it's beautiful. I in my new room, I took down my posters, um, or I didn't even put them up. I just have um family pictures. I've got greenery. This whole experience, I want my room to be a living space, but also like I'm calling it the oasis, even though there's no water. But it's I think of the name Oasis, but I think of like a jungle and all that. Just Oasis to me sounds beautiful and just like lavish. So I've got like a bunch of greenery in my room. I've got some like faux trees and some faux plants. And then I have this like starlight thing that shoots to the top of the ceiling. And I I have a couch in my room that opens up into, or it's a futon that opens up into a bed and then my full size bed. It's amazing. It's so nice. And I can't wait for you to come over, dude. So I'm excited. I didn't know you. I didn't know about the couch, but I remember seeing it now in the pictures. That you but see. it opens up into a bed, so I'm like, we can get people over, have parties, and then people can pass out all in the room. It's dope. I love my room. Hell yeah! It, it it's it's cool because from the pictures you sent me, it's like I loved your room at your former place. Yeah. But this is just like the next evolution. I was gonna say that is exactly what it is. This is the next evolution of it because it still has accents of my geekiness, but it's also, and I think that's maybe why I went. For that I just I think my aurora is just going towards greenery because of growth and mm-hmm. I've had so much growth in the last six months that this has now become a reflection of who I am in the inside Jesus Christ I'm preaching hell yeah well, look how profound we are now he, yeah. here's some just stupid shit yeah, so <laughs> with Mike Tyson mysteries I think this is the second episode because I started from the get-go I've seen episodes here and there but I was just like fuck it, I'm gonna just go through it there they got a they got a message from somebody at IBM on one of those old Scantrons that used to have to take standardized tests with. And it says, help me. Like, it's literally just like the dots are bubbled in to form the letters in help me. Oh my God. And so they go to investigate. There's this big event going on where this world champion chess player is going to be playing um, and like a, a, a computer in a chess game. And so Mike and the mystery team roll up and Mike sees this guy at the bar and he's just like, oh, he must be the guy that sent us for help. Let's go talk to him. And so he goes and talks to him. And he, uh, long story short, they go back and forth. And he asks, are you, are you the guy that needed help? I got your message. And it, obviously, it, there, he wasn't the one that sent the message or whatever. And he's like, I don't know. I figured maybe you need some help, like beating that computer or something. He's just like, I don't need help beating that computer. I'm a grandmaster. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Mike just like clocks him and just <laughs> knocks him out. And he falls on the ground. And then, of course, the mystery team come rushing over. They're like, what in the world? Why the hell did you do that? He's like, I swore I would never raise my fists again, except for two exceptions. I crossed my fingers for these two exceptions. One, if I got sent back in the time machine, I would punch Adolf Hitler. And the second is the grandmaster of the Ku Klux Klan. And then, and then, the fucking, <laughs> then, the, then Marcus, the ghost, cuts him off. He's like, the Ku Klux Klan has a grand wizard, not a grandmaster. He's like, what the fuck is a grandmaster? <laughs> and, and it turns, and then I'm spoiling the episode, but I don't care. Um, it's been out for five years. Um, the guy ended up dying from being punched. In the oh my end. god! <laughs> and I was just, I, I did not video. see it coming at all. And so I'm just cackling like a hyena in the fucking bed. <laughs> and I'm trying my damnedest to like keep it in, so it's like not gonna wake her up. But it's like when I'm not audibly laughing, I'm like my whole body is convulsing laughing. Yeah, I've seen you do that. It's hilarious. Yeah. And it w- it woke up Ashley, and she just kind of like 
half awake looked at me she doesn't remember it but i still was just like oh well i'm sorry mike tyson just made me fucking laugh my ass off and it's actually him voicing himself yeah so that's i i've heard about it and i've you've mentioned it multiple times on the cast <laughs> i need to i need to just watch it i really do because it sounds like something i can just like turn on and just like not care and have fun with it I need more fun shit in my life. (laughs) Me too, especially after, I'm not going to jump on it quite yet, but Last of Us 2, that wore me the fuck out. And I finished Avatar the same week. Nice. So that's hella emotional, just in terms of like entertainment, dude. I cried like three times, dude. For Last of Us or for Avatar both? Last of Us, yes, but like uh, Avatar, definitely. Dude, Avatar, um, I will get online and watch um, like some AMVs. And there's AMV. Oh my God. Zuko. It's Zuko. And he showed me wait for it from Hamilton. For those who haven't seen it, y'all, you need to watch it because it's just, it's powerful. And the way they take the lyrics and the moments of the music and match it with episodes and different sequences, it's so fucking beautiful. It makes me get so emotional. It's so good. And they're about to throw um, the actual musical on yeah, that Disney out. Plus as a movie, which when I'm, does it come out next, next it, week? No, it comes out like tomorrow. Tomorrow comes out for July 4th. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Me and Joseph are supposed to get together and watch that. Have you ever seen it? No. Ooh, you want to see if we can get you over there? Watch watch Hamilton together, three of us. Get some bros. We're going to start a revolution. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. I think Ashley was kind of interesting watching it. I'd watch it again too. But, uh, oh, yeah. It's like two and a half hours. Or no, I think it's a little bit longer than two hours. Well, I'll, it's a stage play. It's not, it's you know, it's not a two-hour movie. If you're going really expecting a two-hour movie, it, I listened to it for like four months, and I never, I always stopped right after they introduced um, Thomas Jefferson. I never finished the play for like four months. I would just listen to it up until that point because it gets really depressing and boring. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, cool. And so I finally finished it one night. I was cleaning my bedroom, and I was just like, fuck, this is emotional and sad. <laughs> and then i've never listened to the entire play ever again and i don't intend to <laughs> i'm gonna stop whenever thomas jefferson shows up does his like holy awesome rap battle and then be done <laughs> <laughs> well let me tell you the time in avatar that i cried the most yes please do or cried the hardest i guess i don't know words terminology <laughs> so since season also, three continue, yes. i wanted to say everybody we've both had very intense weeks <laughs> and this is also a wednesday that we're recording this we usually do this on the weekends and we have more like i feel like we're more awake and live whenever we're coming and meeting each other and even when we're doing it because it's like a plan it's an event yeah and like this was planned but it's also like we we woke up this morning just like (sighs) yeah like my alarm i i set the alarm but my but like I set the alarm, like I punched it into the cl- clock or whatever, because I use a clock because I turn my phone off at night because nice. fuck that shit. Yeah. But um, you know, if it's super pressing and somebody needs to get a hold of me, come bang on the door. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But um, yeah, I I apparently didn't actually flip the switch for it to go off, and so <laughs> I was supposed to get up at ten. I woke up at ten thirty, and I felt like I was in another dimension. Hey. It was really weird, but um. Yeah, so we're just kind of we have a we have a game plan with this, but it's just one of those things where we're just kind of rolling with it. Yeah, living life, dude. Yeah, and, but um, and I had a shit week last week, but that's its yeah. own thing. Yeah. Um, Avatar crying. Yes. So the moment that got me the most was when they spoilers show's been out since like 2007. So yeah. fuck you if you haven't seen it. Go watch on Netflix if you're gonna if you haven't seen it yet. But. It's when they meet up with the uh, the White Lotus, and Zuko's very eager to see his uncle. 
because yeah. he hasn't seen him since his uncle broke out of jail and got super jacked. I forgot how jacked Ira got. Like, oh my god, ripped like a motherfucker. That shit like he's in his seventies, but he looks like fucking Superman. Dude, he was. Oh my god, he got prison jacked. Dude, he got prison jacked, and that's <laughs> his own type of jacked. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's not just jacked. That's like I'm gonna fuck your shit up, jacked. Yeah, yeah. It's like I did this to intentionally fuck your shit up. <laughs> exactly. So he he's pointed to the tent where his uncle is he goes to his uncle's tent his uncle's asleep he sits there waits for him to get up he wakes up he makes uh, iroh faces away from him as he has been Mm -hmm. and zuko makes his confession i don't know how else to explain it other than emotional confession where he's finally realized who he is as a person and where he fits into the whole thing and you know obviously he's been training ang for the majority of the season in firebending but um he just says i'm just sorry if i ever made you angry Mm. iroh comes out like he shoots out of the like right side of the frame and just pulls him in and just holds him like a father would and he says like i was never angry i was just sad because you lost your way yeah and that shit made me fucking ball, I'm, like, dude. I'm getting goosebumps and I'm like tearing up a little bit. Can we talk about Avatar now? Let's just jump into it. No, Avatar. yeah, that's what this was supposed to be, yeah. Because I'm going to do this, not necessarily quickly, but I'm going to jump between the different characters. But let's start off with Zuko. His arc is such a redemptive and powerful arc because you see all he, and it goes back to me. And as a kid, you're watching this and you don't really understand it. And putting this in terms of like today, all Zuko wants is to be loved and respected and yeah. cared. Like that's all he fucking wants. He just wants the love of his dad and his dad's a fucking cunt. His, his dad's, dad's gonna, a monster. Oh fucking piece of shit. And his sister's a bitch. It's this person that is trying to find his own morality, but also appease the people that are around him. And in that, that he process, thinks he needs to appease. He thinks he needs to appease. And it takes Uncle Iroh, and we'll get to him in a second. And his, no, we'll get to him right now. The, because of the loss and the pain. Ooh, boy, I wish I was over there. We could drink some jasmine green tea. That is what I've been drinking for the past week. Uh-huh. Nice. So whenever I keep watching the show, I'm going to get some jasmine tea. But Uncle Iroh, he is someone that is... He's as equally tenacious and he's as equally aggressive, but due to living in that style and losing someone based on, because of the war and losing his son, he had to, and feeling this sense of failure, he was in the same shoes that Zuka was in to a greater extent. And he was able to turn around from the pain and it still be there, but still find life in life he was still able to find the beauty in life and everything and so when you have those two characters come together and zuko being the 17 year old dude that's just trying to figure his shit out he's gonna make mistakes and you watch him do that for three seasons but you also see him get to a place of understanding like there's a lot of inner turmoil like oh dude i watched the episode i teared up the other night whenever zuko whenever i was trying to teach him how to redirect life and he's like, let's do it now. And, Zuko, and Ira's like, no, I'm just teaching you so you know how to do it. If it happens, you should never have to do it. <laughs> Lightning is very dangerous. Yeah. And then it goes, and then he, you see Zuko at the top of the mountain and he's yelling and he's just like, fucking hit me. You've always done shit to me. Like, just fucking strike me. He wanted and to die. He wanted, because it's just overwhelming. 
And yeah. it, it reminds me of the song um, Reborn from Kids See Ghosts. Um, and there's a line in the song that's like, I want all the pain. I want all the shame. I want all these negative emotions because I can redirect it. Like, I love it whenever, in the last episode, whenever he and Azula are fighting, it's like, no lightning today? Afraid I'll redirect it. I was like, oh, shit. Redirect that motherfucking bitch's lightning, bitch. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> the oh face God. you just made too on top of that. <laughs> the show is so good. And I'm, I'm going to stop with Aang. I don't know. I'm not going to talk about Aang. I just, those are my two favorite characters. I love everybody. Aang's progression is amazing and beautiful too. But I just, the relatability with Zuko and Iroh and being older and seeing how, how much reality they put into these characters, it just being older and going back and revisiting it is really good for me, I think, because I get to see, I don't know, just people go watch the show. It's so good. And if you haven't seen it, you're in for a pleasant surprise. It for me is Batman the Animated Series is like number one top cartoon, but Avatar is the number one top show just because there's so there's a lot of depth in Batman the animated series but it's not as ground level real life day-to-day emotions reactions it doesn't have the entry point that avatar does yeah and it's so beautiful it's so beautiful i just um it was a big i I, i'm just gonna play off of that it was a big deal for me because that's my second time ever seeing it all the way through because mm-hmm. the first time I saw it all the way through was about three years ago. Oh, really? And yeah, two or three years ago. Yeah, yeah, three years ago. I I forgot what it was that got me onto it, but then like my friend sent me the entire series and I watched it and I couldn't put it down. Like I had it, I had it on hard drive and I just was like, I plugged it up to like my TV or something. And I just episode, 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 episode. Me, I couldn't like, once stop. You, once you get out of season one, because season one's great and it builds up a lot of stuff. But once you get to like half of season two, that for me is when I'm just like locked in. Yeah. At that point on, dude, the last three episodes is just this fucking epic. And I love the how epic this kid's show is. Like it's epic. It's not just this. It they don't even though like as I'm older now, I'm like kill the motherfucker like i was still satisfied with ang being like i'm just going to take your your powers from you because i will not kill you like, i think that's cooler i think that i is think cooler. it's way cooler it is but i don't like in other media whenever they try and do the same thing and it's like fucking kill the bitch like yeah. kill the dude like there's no fucking reason to let this person live like there's you it doesn't make you a better person it doesn't make you like all that shit like fuck you like it's life bitch people die you gotta end some evil sometimes sometimes you gotta kill it cut the head off but it's, it's the same reason I liked when Batman snaps the Joker's net, neck in Dark Knight Returns is because mm-hmm. he's like all the people I've murdered by letting you live. Yeah. Sometimes moral superiority doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. what is the greater good? And I really do. But in regards to I or not, Ira, what's his name? Ozai in regards to Ozai yeah. and Aang, I, I, that was such a beautiful point because Aang's morality was able to overcome. And that's what I think that whole sequence is whenever you have the blue light and the red light just fucking shooting to the sky and the red light is overcoming Aang. It is a visual representation of the darkness inside of us, the darkness inside of Aang trying to overcome him and be like, just kill a bitch, just kill a bitch. Because all the other avatars tell him to kill him. Yeah, all the other avatars. And then Aang is being consumed in it like he was because everyone's just like, kill a bitch. But 
for that story, the greater good was to be able to overcome that and the power just shoots out and it breaks three and fuck you, bitch. You can't bend no more. I'm gonna throw your ass in jail. It's so badass. It's such fuck it. It works. I think it works so well with that because I was definitely one of those, especially when all the avatars were like, we know you don't want to kill somebody, but this guy's kind of the most evil motherfucker. You can't, yeah. like, he can't, it's too dangerous for him to stay alive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, what I like about it is, not even just because it's the pacifist way that Aang has always been, but I like the fact that he neutered him. That's mm-hmm. the best part. Mm-hmm. And in more than one sense, it's like, okay, your crazy ass daughter is out of power. Mm-hmm. Your son has become his own person. And he doesn't give a fuck about you anymore. Mm-hmm. And yeah, your uncle or your brother's working for us now. Mm-hmm. And guess what? This thing that you think you're all powerful with, you're stripped of it completely. Yeah. You're just a man with nothing. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love on the thematic level how that works. But like, you know, if it was anything else, I'd be like, kill the bitch. You know? <laughs> and even I, I thought of Sokka. His story arc is beautiful too, because he is this. He dude nailed that- the moon, mm-hmm. a warrior. <laughs> <laughs> big facts <laughs> big facts <laughs> like well with Sokka he was this dude that is he is he was the only dude of age that was supposed to be protector of his village and he has to go on this journey with everyone and he's a lighthearted dude but even in the last season he's still the lighthearted dude but he knows his shit and he knows his worth and he is about making sure we get shit done so to see this he grows up doctor, he does grow up and I love watching all these characters grow up Toph and Katara are fucking beautiful characters too. I can't get as deep into them because I don't relate to them as much. I just love how they, it's a family. They're literally just a family. Mm-hmm. And you get to see each character individually grow in different areas that overall change the entire world within that, within that universe. I, I have to agree. Um, I, I'll talk a little bit more about Katara, I guess. But before I get to that, I think in terms of characters I relate to the most, I relate to Aang a lot. I relate relate to Sokka a lot. But I got to be honest, Zuko is the one I, I clicked with Dude. the most. Yeah. And, and it didn't help that in the back of my mind, just like Kylo Ren. Kylo yeah. Ren. Oh, my God. Kylo yeah. Ren. Oh, my God. And, um, That's why I wanted a Kylo Ren type thing. Like, I wanted a Zuko-Kylo Ren kind of thing going on in Star Wars. That would have been fucking beautiful. I, I feel like towards the end of it with the redemption, we kind of got that. Slightly, it's, it, yeah. it, it did its own version of that. And, again, it's just because, like, that Han Solo scene is so goddamn oh, that That Han Solo scene is amazing. But, um, and, and, I, and I love how, like, Leia reaches, like, the thing that helps him, like, stop and kind of, like, reorient is Leia's sacrifice, which I mm-hmm. love so much. But um, with Zuko, it was just like, I just, I felt the pain. And not just because it's like, you know, he's expressing it so well. And Dante Vasco is such an amazing actor. Mm-hmm. But um, just the fact that like, I was able to really relate to all this stuff in the sense that it's like, there's so much conflict. Like you have this one person who's very sympathetic to you in the form of like his mother. Yeah. And then there's all this like, you know, tension and like hostility and all of a sudden, I mean, I didn't have like competitive siblings. I didn't have like a sociopathic, like monster of a father <laughs> yeah. or anything, but it was just like, I can relate to the feeling of like, like what you just described about how he wants to be respected and loved mm-hmm. and he wants to be understood and heard and mm-hmm. nobody seems to give him the time of day. I really respect that. And I really respect the frustration, like ooh, the scene you're describing when he's on the top of the, of the mountain screaming. God. Yeah. Like I, I got a lump in my throat with that. Cause I was just like, 
I feel that, bro. <laughs> Dude, I, I've been no, there. Yeah. Like it, it, that's that's how I felt in November with everything kind of crashing down. As I was just like, just fucking do it already. Yeah. yeah. And Dude, and then for like an Iro just kind of being this constant thing there for him. And I loved um, I love when they go to break Sokka's father out of the jail mm-hmm. rather the prison and um obviously they find suki which is just you know hey. like uh you a know plus. icing plus. on top of the cake but um it's it just the fact that like my that's how you say your name right my may 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 i mean i may yeah and the fact that may chooses to like you know, disable all, or, you know, fight back and, like, give Zuko an outlet to escape. And then, like, when, uh, I love what she says to fucking Azula when she's just like, I love Zuko more than I'm afraid of you. Yeah. And I'm like, fucking A, that's a woman right there. And then I love when, like, Azula's about to do some shit and Ty Lee jumps in and fucking paralyzes that bitch. I'm like, I love Ty Lee so much. Me too. I I need, so... Whenever I finish the season again, I'll come back and talk about it because I totally forgot about May. Her relationship with Zuko is good. I want to it's die so a little sweet. bit more. It's so sweet. It is. It's. It's almost. It's this pure. Even though they are surrounded and they themselves are filled with all this rage and frustration and anger and disgust, and just they connect this, on a love level. They connect on a love level, and it's so pure. It's beautiful. It's really beautiful. Well, they. They. What I. I got from it, and this is something I relate just from my own personal relationship and previous relationships too, to a degree, is that she and zuko or she loves zuko for zuko purely mm-hmm. just who he is not who he's supposed to be not mm-hmm. who he's related to none of the fucking lineage bullshit that he's mm-hmm. supposed to live up to she just loves him because she connects with him as on a personal level and on an mm-hmm. emotional level and she feels safe being vulnerable with him and he feels the same way with her he learns to appreciate her more over time but it's just it's just so fucking sweet and i love like even like with the whole like you know he broke up with her over a letter i also i get where he's coming from though it's just like look i know i love you too much to get you mixed up with all this shit and then she's just like bitch i would have gone with you you know (laughs) and and i don't know just the the thing that brings it all together it's just like yeah don't you dare break up with me like that again yeah and it's just like i don't know that's sweet um and also just with like ty lee kind of like that that like the beach scene obviously is the or the beach episode is the beach yeah. episode yes but it's actually like one of the best episodes in in terms of storytelling because i love how they have like they break down each other like around the camp like you see how they are just in public and then you mm-hmm. see around the campfire where they break each other down and something i, as I that wasn't obvious to me until like i saw a meme about it recently mm-hmm. and that when ty lee is like having her confession about you know obviously the whole thing is she wants attention because she was one of like what a shit ton of like like circus people yeah well not just circus people but it's just like she had like a bunch of siblings that look just like her uh see and, i don't i that's why i need to rewatch that's why i'm rewatching yeah this i forgot i know the big plot points but i forgot the small stuff and that's why i'm really excited to go back through it again yeah and she's like really emotional because they're picking on like well zuko's picking on her because zuko's being an edgelord asshole at this point <laughs> because he is but um you he know is the she, of the hedgehog <laughs> he is but it was just one of those things where she just starts really getting emotional but angry emotional because she hasn't been hurt and and the whole reason she like likes the all the attention she gets from guys and all this stuff is because it's like and in the circus is because she's so she's her own person she's not a part of this like collective like she there's not like five other people that look just like her whatever and it just it it really like the whole time it's like 
Azula is like, as far as like Ty Leek is concerned, Azula is just kind of looking to the side and just like, you know, acting like uh, this is just annoying to me. But yeah. when she sees like Ty Lee like phone or uh, focusing in on Zuko and getting as upset as she is about it, mm-hmm. you know, Azula kind of peeks over and you can tell she's concerned. And that made me kind of appreciate Azula a little bit more because even though I still see her as this complete sociopathic psycho, that like she cared about her friend mm-hmm. at that point. That was something that was really nice. And just that whole episode, like at that at the end when they're just breaking each other down. I love when Zuko goes like, or they're like, why are you so angry? He's just like, I don't know. I'm just angry all the time because I'm angry at myself because I can't decide Mm. what's right and what's wrong i have no idea what works and what doesn't and that mm-hmm. just really connected with me and it comes full circle with katara because when they each have to go on their little soul searching adventure solo yes. adventure with zuko it's really cool because he helps katara find her the guy uh, the man who murdered her mother mm-hmm. and it's fucking emotional because the whole time you know katara has always been kind of the moral barometer with things like i love in season two when um ang is in the avatar state and she just goes up and uh, it's either season two or season three and hugs him i think season two and it it brings him down Mm -hmm. that was just like that was amazing she's always been the one that kind of the 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 thing that grounds ang and grounds everybody but i love the fact that you know on top of this she's learned bloodbending like through necessity and survival not because she wanted to and she's horrified by it Mm -hmm. but now she's just like you know at the edge of all hope (laughs) you know she's kind of like she's got this opportunity to finally have the revenge she's always wanted and she's just got a bloodlust like ang's just like it's not worth it trust Mm -hmm. me revenge is an empty thing and i'm gonna segue this to another thing in a moment okay but um you know revenge is an empty thing and she's like i don't care i'm doing it anyway which is what everybody in an emotional state of wanting closure and that's really all she wanted was closure yeah and you know she goes with zuko they find the guy she's about to fucking murder him and then she can't bring herself to do it yeah and she's just like and then she just breaks the guy down it's just like at the end of the day you're just this sad pathetic little man who has nothing to live for Mm -hmm. and just exists and that is enough of a punishment to me Mm-hmm. and of course like zuko rubs him up a little bit too but you know it's just yeah. it's one I, what i like is the fact that she does demonstrate her power in the sense that she could just destroy this motherfucker she is mm-hmm. powerful mm-hmm. like holy it, fuck and it, it goes into the same thing like with zuko like the blood the not the blood thing, the redirecting lightning it's yeah. like it's something that you should be able to know how to do but not use unless necessary and that's why i always and recently within the last six months i was talking about like understanding the darkness within you understanding yeah. the power within yourself and then taming it so they can use it if and when necessary. And that's, I think that's one of the things I will say I love about Katara's character is she is probably one of the most powerful benders in the series. Yeah, like, like frighteningly powerful. Like frightening powerful. <laughs> but the ability to be that powerful and then just, I don't want to say coast through life, but to be able to go through every part of life and still be this person that is able to love and be able to even though the things that have happened to her they don't define her and she still chooses to be bigger than the situations call for that i think is powerful because she does that throughout the entire series and you do get to see that tested but i think that shows the commitment to yourself 
And I, that show literally taught so many people so many fucking things. And you can, we could literally talk about it for hours on hours on hours. Yeah. And I mean, even Iroh specifically, just like you said earlier, his whole thing about like, you know, he was able to tame the beast within him in the sense that it's like he had all this power and all this like, you know, negativity and like all this, like he he was, he was essentially a byproduct of both his father and his younger brother. Absolutely. But then it took, you know, everybody had to have that moment that recentered them. Like yeah. truly recentered them mm-hmm. in their mind, and for him it was the death of his son, yeah. and it showed him to appreciate life and the beauty and the simplicity. And like he didn't need, he didn't need the power anymore. He didn't need like the titles and the you know the royalty or anything. He just needed his tea shop. And I will say, I just goosebumps again, tearing up a little bit. Tales of Bossing Say his seven minute sequence. You see this man help a child. Was it a baby, a child? It was a, it was a crying baby. He a starts playing baby. the song for. Mm-hmm. He helps the kids. Like, yeah, the kids that, like, bust the yeah, window. Yeah, the kids that bust the window. He, he's just like, hey, he's like, you know, it is important that we learn to accept responsibility for mm-hmm. the actions of ourselves. And then the big guy shows up. It's like, run. except in this case, run. <laughs> yeah, and then he, he helps the man that was trying to steal from him. And he took, teaches him how to do a stance. I love yeah, it. Yeah, he teaches him how to do a stance. But then by Iroh taking the time to assist him in that, the man realized this isn't something that I want to do. This, this is isn't like me. helping me. Yeah, this isn't me. And then was it so those three guys? And then he goes to the tree. I was watching a YouTube retrospective about that seven minute sequence. And I always laugh. And cry, like, bitch. I cry. I physically can't unless it's like crazy, crazy. I'm trying to. My eyes are getting teary. But he, the way he lives his life, helping other people, it's because he wasn't able to be there for his son. So that gives him so much more passion for others because that's something. It that humbles he, him. It humbles him. Yeah. And that to me is so beautiful because even though I've lost something, from my loss, it's given me the appreciation for what I had and let me show you how to be better within whatever. Learn from my mistakes. Learn from my mistakes or learn from my pain or learn from my, it's so beautiful. And like, when you get to that part where he's sitting there on the tree, singing leaves on the vine, it's like, and you realize like you got to see, and I'll say like how his son was probably about the last dude's age. So we got to do all those things probably for his son in different areas. But just it's just way more the gravity of that episode, that seven minutes is so fucking raw. It's so fucking oh my god. It's perfect. It's it's, it's one of those things perfect. that like it builds up, it pays off. And like the like how he's he's like, Happy birthday, I wish I could have helped you. Helped you, yeah. And then just like fuck. It you know, and then actually to make it more emotional for you, that was the last thing Mako ever recorded. Yes, I know. And that's like sometimes i'll just go online and i'll just play leaves on the vine like on repeat because it's just so like fuck god damn who's the I, dude I, that, that replaced i who's the dude that replaced iroh because he did a wonderful job Gray baldwin he Gray also baldwin. played um he played uh aku in samurai yes, jack when they finished. that's who it was nice hell yeah <laughs> and i need to send it to you because he uh he has done um <laughs> he's done a couple covers of songs as um as aku because really? it's like it's the same voice but aku is so aggressive right where, yeah where I, iroh is very grounded and you know soft-spoken and humble mm-hmm. but it's just funny because i i've now heard aku sing 
uh, My Way by Frank Sinatra. Oh, really? And it's the funniest shit in the world. Like, And he also, you'll love this, he, uh, Greg Baldwin, he's cosplayed as Iroh when he goes to conventions. Nice. And uh, what, what was it? He actually did a video when all the coronavirus stuff hit initially mm-hmm. and all the turmoil was going on. He was basically just saying, don't forget to be kind, not just to others, but to yourself and find yeah. your inner strength. And he's doing it in character and it just gave me a oh big God. lump in my throat. That's fucking cool. Please send that to me. Yes. Yes, I will. And I just love, like you said, the moral guidance that this show taught. You know, the one thing like um, my therapist said is just like, we are going to be, I asked her about like what she thinks like is going to happen like when our generation's in charge of things. And she yeah. said, I think you're going to be a much more compassionate, mm-hmm. humble, caring generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we still do stupid shit, but every generation yeah. does stupid shit. But she yeah. just, you know, talking about that. And she, I think one of the reasons we have that is because we have shows like, avatar where i mean i'm not trying to be like i'm gonna shit on the kids now because we had yeah, it better yeah. but it's just like you know the quality of shows are shit though i will say that fuck everybody else most quality shows to me are shit well it's just like you, it's it's all like quickly consumable it's what happens when you when you have an, an entire generation that's being brought up on like just being handed an ipad yeah and i'm not shitting on my my friends who are parents but i'm gonna shit on you for a second who because <laughs> it's like I, I don't. I mean, I don't know how. I don't have kids. I don't know how I'm going to handle it. I'm sure playing. It's. It's. You get a lot more quiet time if you just scan them a fucking iPad yeah. or something. But it's just like, you know, that everything has to be in thirty second bite sized chunks. It can't mm-hmm. be in like you can't. They don't have the patience to sit and watch a full story. They want it like in the span mm-hmm. of a TikTok. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I just. I think it's just. I think it's great that we grew up with shows that had such deep true honest moral guidance and moral values in them and like just circling back to the katara thing for a second i just love the fact that you know zuko who is this like epicenter of rage and Mm -hmm. wanting things that are out of his grasp and all this other shit the fact that he goes on that journey of revenge with her only to back her up when she decides not to hurt the guy and, mm-hmm. and and you know helping her realize that it's like you what you wanted was it's the same thing he wanted what you wanted was closure yeah not revenge because yeah. revenge is empty yeah and with that i'm going to segue to an the other thing that gave me emotional anxiety slash <laughs> what have you this week is um i beat the last of us too welcome to common sense matt colvin's video game review Oh shit! Now I have to like be profound about. It. No, here's, you don't. Well, here's here's my simple thing. Yeah. I, the story. Fuck the internet trolls. Fuck mm-hmm. the neckbeard fuck boys that don't understand storytelling. Because I'm just gonna spoil it right out of the gate. Yeah, I've already I've seen like almost all the spoiler stuff. Okay, cool. And yeah, because I so for the listeners, I'm not a big fan of Last of Us. It's the first one was a cool game. It was fun. I didn't really. I don't play games for story much anymore. I'm about to start playing uh star wars i actually got that so i'm about to start playing that mm-hmm. but it's a very good game apparently the storytelling was really really great i just remember in the first game my daughter dies at the beginning and i got a surrogate daughter cool <laughs> i forgot there was like a whole virus and shit i just knew there were zombies because like yeah it's cool so that's why i haven't played it yet i might at some point but continue sir i think it's worth it for the storytelling thing but you need to be ready particularly for the second one Mm-hmm. the good thing is with you is it's like because you're okay with spoilers you're not racing to beat it before some fucking spoiler right. pops mm-hmm. up on your feed um for me um just my my basic spoiler free review 
is that I think what the story does expands on in terms of the storytelling and the characters and everything expands perfectly on the first game. Mm-hmm. It's genius storytelling, in my opinion. It's not quite as well paced as the first game. Mm-hmm. And my biggest criticism with the game itself is the fact that the gameplay actually gets in the way of the story. Really? Like, in my experience, it's like, there's a lot of like, you go from point A to point B and then back to point A. Where in okay. the first game, you get from point A to point B, there may be a little like, you know, boss fight or some sort of thing like that. But then like, if they need to return back to the original point or whatever, mm-hmm. it cuts. And that's why it, the pacing's uh, better. Where gotcha. this, it's like, you have to go back. And okay. I, I'm not, and, and there is a whole thing that they do, um, midway through the game where you do switch characters that you're playing yeah um and i hated it at first but then i'm so glad they did it. it's fucking genius why they did it mm-hmm. but but yeah I, I think in terms of storytelling the story is fucking incredible because to break it down and this is like i said this is where i'm lifting it i'm going all into the spoilers and everything yeah. now so if you don't want to listen to this i'll try to put like a description or a thing in the description where to skip ahead for the mm-hmm. last of us stuff if you don't want to spoil because you really should play it um the first game is a bunch of different things. It's it's about Joel finding his humanity again. It's about love. It's mm-hmm. about persevering through horrible things. And what I, what I got from it is the beginning of the first game is you see Joel with his humanity, with his daughter still alive. The moment that changes is when Sarah dies. Yeah. And it's taken from him. And then it cuts to 20 years later. He is not a good person. Oh, that was 20 years? That was a 20 years gap? Yes. I didn't realize that. And this is just the first game. Yeah, this is the first game. Oh, dang. I didn't realize that. There's a 20-year gap. He's hardened. He's cold. He just, he does not hesitate to do horrible things for his own gain. Mm -hmm. Like him and Tess, the woman he works with in the first game, Mm -hmm. they're not good people. Yeah. But then everything changes when Ellie comes into play. And because at first it's just like, we just have to get this bitch across fucking Boston, Mm -hmm. but then they get her across Boston and, you know, they realize that she's immune, all this other crazy shit. And it's up to Joel alone to get her to the fireflies across the country. Mm -hmm. And in doing so along that journey, he, you know, he, he bonds with her in multiple ways. And obviously there's a surrogate daughter thing with their, with that too, but it's just like, Joel realizes along the way that she's the reason he goes on. She's the reason that he, you know, we were talking about with Avatar having that thing that resets you mm-hmm. or recenters you. With Joel, it's Ellie. Mm-hmm. And the fact that this girl is, you know, a reason for him to go on. Yeah. And this and the reason for him to be a better person than who he was. Mm-hmm. And so then at the end of the game, and I'm also going to throw some philosophy from mm-hmm. my perspective. So at the end of the first game, they he gets her to the fireflies i think they're in utah um and the doctors and everything have figured out that's like because she's immune and everything they figured out they can make a cure mm-hmm. the problem is it's going to kill ellie in the process mm-hmm. i can't blame joel for going across the country with this girl bonding with her you know especially after the, the whole thing with the cannibals mm-hmm. where they were gonna like you know do all this fucked up shit and he like she uh, you know she ends up saving herself essentially but joel gets there just in time to like basically hold her while she just kind of like processes everything mm-hmm. and that's like that's the turning point for me is it's just like you know ellie took care of him when he almost died and then 
he like came to her at this horrible life-changing moment i think i think that the that dude was the first person she had actually killed like yeah i kind of remember that a little bit it's in nolan north plays him too and he has this really creepy voice for him too but yeah and just it like he just he just holds her tight and he you know comforts her and everything and that's when it's like okay these two have a bond that's not something that's just this isn't a mission anymore this is like their family mm-hmm. and so when joel is told about ellie dying is the only way to make the cure he ain't gonna have any of that shit right and he saves her and in doing so he kills the doctor mm-hmm. he kills marlene effectively ending the fireflies mm-hmm and then he lies to Ellie at the end of the game, mm-hmm. which he knew was going to bite him back in the ass at some point. Mm-hmm. But um, let me just tell you, for me, well, actually, no, no, I'll, let me segue a little bit into the second game because this is going to pay off for everything with my thought process. Yeah, go ahead. So with the second game, within the first 30 minutes, um, Joel is killed yeah. brutally. Mm -hmm. Uh, by this character named abby who you come to find out you ready for this Mm -hmm. she's the daughter of the doctor who is going to perform the procedure that joel killed okay which is cool to me i love that and and they have like and they have like what's cool is they do a lot they utilize flashbacks i think really well in the second game Mm -hmm. um, because they show and the doctor's a good guy it's just like basically what happened is there's this great scene between him and marlene after ellie's arrived and he basically says to her, the only way we can develop the cure is we have, it's like we have to extract this thing and it involves killing her. Mm-hmm. And Marlene's fighting with him originally because it's like, she's a, she's a girl, like a, not a little girl, but you know, she's mm-hmm. a child essentially. Mm-hmm. It's just like, that's not right. And he's just like, there is no other way. Yeah. And they keep having this back and forth. And she finally says to him, fine, but I just want you to process something. If it was Abby, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be this easy for you. Mm-hmm. And she kind of leaves at that point. She's like, I'm going to go tell Joel. He's like, why are you telling Joel? She, she's like, he just came halfway or he just came entirely across the country with her. He yeah. deserves to know. And Abby comes in and goes like, well, I, she, having overheard the whole goddamn thing, it's just like, well, if I was her, I would do it. Mm-hmm. And of course, as a kid where your dad, you know, of course, it's easy to say that when you're not yeah. the person. But this is where I think everything went wrong. They never gave Ellie a choice. And I understand the whole thing of like, well, if we, if she says no, she may like try to escape or whatever, and that could create problems and whatnot. But at the same time, it's, it's like, especially with some of the stuff that Ellie expresses and talks to with Joel about in the second game, like mm-hmm. during the flashbacks and stuff, because she obviously figures it out, yeah. um, you know, is she would have done it. Mm-hmm. Even at 14, she would have done it. Mm-hmm. and so what i think this is where my philosophy comes in with the whole thing is it's like the fireflies whole mission was to preserve hu- and save humanity right mm-hmm. and they were willing to do that in exchange for their own humanity mm-hmm. in the sense that they you know and the thing is it all comes down to the fact that they just didn't give ellie the choice they were just but, they were acting on her behalf but do you think that joel killed them all and saved ellie to save his humanity yeah oh totally there's yeah. no question about it but it's just but my thing so, is it's like he did but he did like he did it for not just his own reasons but also it's just like she deserves a chance in his yeah, eyes yeah. but also i'm not saying joel was thinking about this shit what i'm saying oh yeah yeah no but, i know but it's just like to me possible. 
honest. Yeah, but to me, it's just like the Fireflies were willing to throw their humanity out the door and start and restart humanity on this horrible note of like, yeah, we had to murder this little girl to fucking do it. Yeah. Where I feel like, and maybe I'm idealistic with this, but I feel like by not giving Ellie the choice, they're abandoning their own humanity to restart humanity. And I'm very much a believer of like the whole like chaos theory thing from fucking Ian Malcolm from Jurassic Park. More so specifically in the book. There's one scene where he says, you know, he's talking about people like destroying the planet, environmentalists and all that shit. And he's just like, look, let me make something very clear to you right now. We're not destroying the planet. We're destroying the planet for us mm-hmm. and for maybe a lot of other organisms, but mm-hmm. life finds a way in the sense life that's okay. Finds a way. Yeah. You know, we'll pollute the fucking ocean until there's no sea life left or we'll, you know, kill, you know, destroy the ozone, all this stuff. But like the earth will find a way to persist through this. Is that we just not what evolution it. is? You know yeah, what I mean? Like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's just like, let me be clear. What we are killing is not the earth. We're killing the earth for us. We're killing mm-hmm. ourselves with this. Yeah. And I'm, ve- I'm carrying that over in a certain way to this in the sense that it's just like, you know, I feel like the, the, the pandemic that happens in the game mm-hmm. is kind of that's nature telling humanity yeah fuck off you're not in charge of this shit yeah. you're not this is you're not you don't have the freedom to reign over all this crap like you thought you would mm-hmm. and to me it's just like the the fireflies trying like doing this horrible thing in order to say you know the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few kind They're of sacrificing the victory yeah well it's one of those things where they are so it's like zod with man of steel they're so focused on what their goal is Mm -hmm. that's just like okay so you rather have this bastardized version of humanity that has overcome this virus is probably going to overpopulate like crazy because it's like no there's no infecting we need to repopulate oh it's going to be fucking another baby boom kind of bullshit Mm -hmm. and it's just going to repeat again at some point later on it's just like i feel like it's one of those things where it in the objective cold logic of it humanity it's just like this is your time. This is your extinction. This is nature selecting you to get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. You know, you, it's not an asteroid hitting you. It's, you know, it's not something like that. It's not nuclear Holocaust. It's not even by your own fucking hands. It's by the yeah. fact that nature has just like, here, this, this. Your time's the, up. Bitch. Yeah, your time's up. And so what I appreciate about what Joel did, while it being completely self-centered and completely mm-hmm. human, mm-hmm. is the fact that it's like, to me it's like there's the acceptance of like and i'm not again i'm not saying joel is consciously making these decisions or even the writers had this thought this is just my thought with it this is just like by him doing that it's like humanity gets to go out gracefully in mm-hmm. the sense that it's like they get to go out being who they are mm-hmm. rather than you know trying to climb over everybody to stay like keep their head above the water mm-hmm. you know and so like i said the whole humanity of the you know the fireflies just losing theirs in order to like well it's just like well fuck her if we can save the whole world where joel's just like but she's still a person yeah yeah and obviously he's being selfish but uh, yeah it's just but i think that would i I think it's selfish for the right reasons this is the fun philosophical conversation that we get to have because we can look at both sides and understand from which like from each side like why they're doing what they're doing and then the next question is who's right and who's wrong but I think the answer is neither of them. It goes down to that individual, based on that individual, like what was right for them. On the bigger scale of it, what would be best? And that's what we get to talk about. We get to explore that in ideas and such. So I don't know, I just love this, continue. continue. Here's, here's my ideal situation or how, maybe, maybe I'm being a little bit like 
hyperbolic with this, mm-hmm. but I truly think it wasn't even them wanting to kill her. I don't. It think literally I... boils down to the fact that they didn't give her the choice because mm-hmm. I think she, if she had chosen it, what? Okay, here's the two notes. Let's just say both both scenarios. Ellie dies and they cure mm-hmm. like the disease or whatever. Um, I see it forking off into two different directions in terms of the notes that, that humanity is being reborn in. Mm-hmm. The first one, which is if, you know, the fireflies did exactly how they're planning to do it, where they were just going to kill her and not tell her about it. Mm-hmm. There's this dirty secret that's being covered up. Mm-hmm. It's the whole, you know, at the end of the dark night where Batman's like, I killed those people. Mm-hmm. Not Harvey. You know, all that bullshit. Yeah. And it's just like, it's, it's, wanna... it's, a, it's a lie for the greater good kind of thing. Hold yeah. on. So, no, you're good. I'm not going to stop you. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So eventually, like all dirty laundry, all skeletons in the closet, it's going to be aired out and it's going to be seen. Someone's mm-hmm. going to figure it out. And that to me is going to crumble a lot of humanity. As mm-hmm. we are seeing by a lot of things that are going on in our world right now, a lot of truth yeah. is coming out and it's breaking everything. Yeah. And it's kind of great because it's growth. Mm-hmm. Here's maybe this is me having read too many Superman comics thinking about it. <laughs> um, the other route is they propose the, the, they, they explain the situation. They lay out all the cards on the table to Ellie. I think it'd take her a, 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 a few, but I think she would arrive at the point. It's just like, just do it by all means. You need to do it. And then there's that truth that comes from the get go. It's just like, no, we are back now. Because this 14-year-old girl understood the significance of this and chose, she was brave enough to make the sacrifice for us all to have the second chance. Let's not waste it. You make it an even more impactful thing by giving exactly. choice, yeah. But they didn't do that. They, mm-hmm. robbed, they took the choice away and then like in the true human way by mm-hmm. not having that, that, just that one little detail in there, the whole thing goes to hell. Yeah. And I just, I think it would be like, like I said, in terms of restarting humanity on a, on a different note, I think that's the better one to go off of because it would, would have been like, at least it would have been some truth to it of like, no, Ellie chose this. Of course, people would probably be like, conspiracies. Yeah, I'm sure they, they held her down and made her do it. But it's just yeah. like, I don't know. But uh, the, going to the second game. So the first game is all about love, finding mm-hmm. humanity again, it manifesting all that shit. The second game is about hate. It's mm-hmm. about revenge. It's about how it's an empty thing. Mm-hmm. So you get Ellie after Joel is murdered, obviously, understandably. And of course, you as the player having bonded with Joel yourself by playing yeah. as him from the entire first fucking game is like, let's go kill that bitch. Yeah. Here's the problem, though. Yeah, everybody backs her up. You know, she's got two of her friends that go with her. Tommy, Joel's brother. He's like, he goes out ahead, like, to go, you know, start everything. You know, they're all like, let's just do this. It's like a, fu- it's a fucking Western. It's oh, a nice, fucking nice. Western. Yeah. But um, here's the thing that happens. One of her friends gets killed mm-hmm. um, in, in doing so because, you know, she didn't turn back. Mm-hmm. What, uh, her, I'll just say her girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, you find out she's pregnant. I heard about that. <laughs> yeah, and 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 the whole thing is, and it's and it's her other friend that knocked her up, which is funny. But yeah, um, yeah so there's that. Basically, there's this point. There's is this middle. Die? No. Okay. So there's this middle point where they they have to Dina, the girlfriend, they have to get her back to Jackson, the um, the town or whatever 
which to me is like the best, like that is the best. Uh, well, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, they have to get her back. It's the right thing to, thing to do. They've killed a lot of the posse that was involved with Abby's like assassination of Joel. Mm-hmm. So it's like basically Jesse, her other friend is basically like, look, we need to find Tommy and we need to get Dina back home. Are you, are you going to be able to be okay with the fact that Abby, you didn't get Abby, but you got mm-hmm. all these other people. You're just going to have to let it go. And Ellie's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Now we, we know that that's not, <clears throat> that's kind of a half yes Mm -hmm. but you know it is a yes she she at least understands at that moment that that is more dire then there's a split off where it's just like they can either go after tommy or they can go after abby Mm because it's like we can both get we can get to one of them in time Mm -hmm. but you can't get to both of them so jesse goes after um uh jesse goes after tommy because he's like that's obviously what we were playing to do Mm -hmm. and and she's and ellie's just like i have to finish this Mm -hmm. you know and of course it doesn't go well all of abby's friends are essentially killed by ellie or someone associated with ellie in some form or fashion which it's all abby's fault because she was she was pursuing revenge from the get-go for years Mm. and basically what what i'm saying is it's like revenge is an empty thing in the sense that at the end of the day it costs way more than it's worth and even if you finally get it it doesn't do it doesn't change anything Mm. and with abby she killed joel but and this is the point where everything switches over to where you're playing as abby mm-hmm. um with abby she killed joel so she avenged her dad but didn't bring her peace it didn't bring her closure mm-hmm. and she had this emptiness within her and it comes to her that you know she's a part of this group called the wolves and then there's a, in in seattle and then there's this other cult group i forget what they're called but they 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 informally call them the scars because they have all these scars they're these crazy right-wing fundamentalists like crazy types it's like we don't use technology we use wood and arrows and shit minecraft (laughs) yeah like well it's like minecraft but if it was run by like you know the clansmen from django and chain yeah um but it's just like (laughs) i can't see shit out of this thing but uh she ends up coming across these two young girls who are just trying to escape from the cult because Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I, I do want to say they do a trans character, which I didn't expect them to do, but they mm-hmm. do it very tastefully. They do it very, it doesn't feel like, the, it doesn't feel like the characters are looking straight into the camera being like, aren't we progressive? <laughs> it's, it's, it's done very, very tastefully. And like, nice. it has, it has an integrity to the story and it works. And so after, you know, killing Joel and doing all this stuff and finding this emptiness, because she can't be with the guy she loves either and all this stuff, Abby's just this empty husk who doesn't know what to do with her life other than just go through the routine of this tribal warfare bullshit between the wolves and the and scars. She finds these two scar kids who are just trying to escape. She helps them, gets them to a hideaway, gets her, gets away herself. And then she's just like, shit, those kids are still out there. I got to do something. It's all about, that's her recentering for herself mm-hmm. and realizing that what, just like what uncle Iroh did realizing that there's a greater good out there that needs to be appreciated. There's something above all this bullshit that needs to be found. Mm-hmm. And so her whole thing is, saving them and like that's her that's her redemption point ellie has a chance for that mm. so they end up going back after abby confronts all of them and she almost kills ellie but the uh one of the scar girls convinces her to not kill ellie and to not kill dina mm. and basically just say like let's just fuck off in our separate directions yeah 
Tommy is horribly injured by this. He's immobile. He can't really do that much anymore. So it cuts to like a couple months later. Um, uh, Ellie and Dina are living together on this little ranch outside of Jackson, but close enough to where they can do all their stuff. Mm. They've got sheep. They've got crops that uh, Dina has since given birth to the baby. Yeah. Um, you know, it's this, it, and the shots look like straight out of a John Ford film. Like it's like this sunset that Abby, or not Abby, Ellie sitting on this tractor with the with the little boy, just holding him, looking at. It looks like the end of like fucking Revenge of the Sith. Wait, before you continue, keep like just lay up the shot, lay up the shot, like describe the shot, and I'll play something while you like like do that. Tell me when you're ready. All right, now. So the they're on the farm. There's crops. There's animals. There's everything, and it looks like a John Ford film. The sun setting, the clouds are parting, all that stuff. And what's it? Um... <laughs> and Ellie is sitting on the tractor with the now born uh, boy, little boy, just looking out into the sunset. They found their feet. Keep going, keep going. Taking it all in and their new home, and their new life. But it's not quite fully realized. And then keep going? Oh, if mean, there's more? There's not really that much more. Oh, my God. A new wanna... beginning, but unfinished business still lurks in the dark. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> I, I, I was I was waiting for you to play that or like the music at the end of Revenge of the Sith when they take baby Luke to I don't even know that song, dude. I need to go back and rewatch Revenge of the Sith. I've only seen it like once. I need to go back. I know right, we talked about this. Yeah, I need to go um, back and rewatch Revenge of the Sith. It's so good. Uh, it's so hopeful and everything. But yeah, you get this like so they both like Abby chose her path. That is her definitive path that she wants to go on. Ellie has the opportunity to just be like, it is it, it's over. She has. She clearly has PTSD because she just saw Joel. Uh, you know, months earlier, saw Joel getting beaten to death at the golf club. Mm-hmm. But it was like, and they do explore the PTSD, which is really cool. But it's still lurking in the back of her head. Yeah. And then Tommy shows up, and you know he's immobile. He can't move, but he still has this fire, bitterness of revenge. He wants to still go through with it. He's like, I figured out where she is, and he's basically egging her on to go after her. And uh, yeah, Dina's just not having any of it. Yeah. And, and and Ellie's just like, no, I'm not doing it. And Tommy's like, you promised me that you would go after. Tommy's a piece of shit. He's the worst <laughs> fucking character in this game. Really? Oh, he was a piece of shit in the first game, but he's I didn't remember him. I I knew he had a brother, but I don't even remember. I don't remember much about the Last of Us. The first he's one. he's just a very self centered person. And it's not to say he doesn't have good qualities, but at the end of the day, he just he's he's a teenage boy's brain living in the body of like a 50, 60 year old man. Okay. And um, you know, he just thinks that basically he thinks he's going to find closure with that. Abby, I think, or not Abby, Ellie, I think knows in her gut that closure is letting it go. Mm. But him coming back, giving her a location being like we have to finish this you owe me all this other fucking like self-centered fucking petty redneck bullshit it's like um uh william defoe and james franco and spider-man 2 exactly no and then he finds the glider yep if he hadn't well, found the glider he point. probably wouldn't have done it yep 
I fucking love that scene. Jesus. But um, yeah, me too. But so Ellie wakes up one night. She goes and plays her guitar a little bit. And then she starts packing up. And Dina's like, come back to bed. Mm. And the worst part is like, sorry, the worst part with Tommy is he's just like, well, I can't go. Mm -hmm. You know, just like, well, you have to do it because I can't do it. Mm -hmm. And, And so... And also, it ruined Tommy's marriage because he's obsessed with the whole thing of seeking revenge, and his wife just is like, "You need to let it go." Yeah. And so Ellie goes. It doesn't go well mm-hmm. at all. You want me to tell you how the game ends? I've seen how it ends, but continue. Keep okay. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. So, I like Matt. Matt's uh, Matt's reviews, dude. Let's go. Matt's three-hour reviews, and <laughs> he's gonna have to edit down like crazy. <laughs> So he gets, or she, uh, Ellie gets to California where they are. Abby and um, Lev, the trans boy that uh, she saved because the sister died. Um, they are trying to find the fireflies. They actually find an old firefly hang, or yeah, uh, uh, not hang out, but barracks under a house. And they find a radio and they're able to communicate that there are still 200 fireflies operating in San Diego, I believe. Oh wow! They're in. I think they're in Sac. Not Sacramento. They're they're in a different part of California, mm-hmm. and um, so they're going to go find the fireflies, and they're kidnapped by slavers. Mm-hmm. And so Ellie comes back, trying to trying to track them down. Figures out that they have been kidnapped by those the slavers. Oh yeah, I'm sorry, I'm fucking this up. Before Ellie leaves, Dina says, "Look, you're not going to get peace from this. If you go, that's it." Mm-hmm. and ellie just turns around in this cold bitchy way just goes well that's how you feel about it damn i'm just like fuck off ellie stop being a bitch no i don't know because like here i i hear the emptiness and revenge but i do think there is some there is some i don't want to say justification this is a, i love this philosophical discussion dude i that's what i want you to finish so we can get into this part because i feel like there is i think revenge is a human emotion because at some point there is something that there is a necessity for it, but how you choose to go about There's it. There's a necessity for closure, not the revenge itself. But I think- it Let me finish telling you the yeah, game. Finish, and then we can finish telling the game and we can talk about it. So she, the whole, and, and you come to find out, and there's some stuff I'm neglecting with this, and there's probably a better summary on Wikipedia than this. When we start playing the game as Ellie, mm-hmm. she knows everything. In terms of like the truth about lie, Utah, yeah. all that stuff. That's a big, big, big problem. And what you find out at the tail end of the game, well, I'll tell you what happens and I'll tell you the tail end. So she goes to California, figures out where the slavers are, goes in, basically murders the fuck out of all of them, mm-hmm. um, frees the slaves. They say where Abby is. And Abby tried to escape. She and Lev tried to escape. And there's basically, it's right on the fucking beach. This is some fucked up shit. You didn't get your fucked up shit with Joker. I'm about to lay it out for you right here. They, there are these big posts or they said uh, she's on the, I think they said she's on the columns. Mm -hmm. And so basically they have all these posts like right up next to the, the water where people are essentially crucified. Holy shit. They're like, I don't, uh, they're not nailed. They're, they're tied up and there's like a little platform. They're basically 
they have they're stuck there until yeah. they die or it, like the fucking birds start picking at them and shit yeah. it's fucked up there's a bunch of dead people there's people who've been there for a while and it's just like corpses and shit yeah. i mean it's fucked yeah. but abby but uh but ellie goes down there sees abby and lev cut like a- abby realizes who it is she's like oh fuck it's you ellie cuts her down but it's like she's just kind of overwhelmed by and she's also severely wounded too but she's kind of overwhelmed by the fact that it's just like you know she's waiting for this big epic you know battle between titans yeah and she just sees this starved like pathetic just like you know pitiful person up on this thing she cuts her down uh abby goes and cuts down lev and she's like, there's boats over here. Let's go this way. And she says that to Ellie, like, hey, let's just get the fuck out of here and we can settle this later kind of thing. Yeah. They get to the beach um, and it's storming out. It's like, perfect. There's the, the fucking slavers encampment is on fire and shit. There's another part where you were run, you're riding a horse through a flaming village. It's amazing. Oh, nice. that, that, that's an earlier part with Abby. But um, Ellie is just like, like oh, or Abby gets Lev in the boat because Lev is in more shape than she is. Um, gets Lev in the boat, and then Ellie is about to get in her boat, but then she turns around. She's like, "We're ending this now," mm-hmm. and they have this fucking like brutal ass. Just like Abby's, just yeah, like I'm not that. gonna fight you. I've just seen the fight. Oh yeah, I she's like, "I'm not gonna thing. fight you." Yeah. She's like, and then uh, then Ellie goes up and puts the knife to Lev's net or throat and just says, "Now you will." Or something, mm. something to that respect, and so they kick the fucking shit out of each other. Ellie almost kills her a number of times. Uh, Abby almost kills her a number of times. Abby ends up biting off off her fingers, two of yeah. her fingers, and uh, finally, right when she has this moment, like she actually starts sticking the knife into Abby, mm. but then she has this flash of memory where it's a positive memory of Joel. So that way, not everything she's thinking of when she thinks of Joel is just him getting his face beaten in. It's like an actual warm, positive memory. Yeah. And she stops and she gets off of Abby. She's trying to drown her is what it is. And then Abby gets up, coughs up all the water and Ellie just goes like, just go, mm-hmm. just go. And she lets her go. You come to find out. Ellie gets back. She sees that Dina, the baby, everything is gone in their house animals everything except for all the shit in ellie's little art studio because she draws and paints and shit yeah all that stuff's in there the guitar's in there everything ellie goes in there picks up the guitar and tries to play the song that joel played for her mm-hmm. at the beginning of the game it was about you know losing people it's a pearl jam song of um featured days i think it's the name of the song she can't play it anymore because yeah. of this she was humbled by the fact that it's like in her pers- her endless pursuit of revenge she lost the one thing that directly connected her with joel was the music and the guitar playing oh. and so then she leaves and she's basically on her new path to finding her you know basically like she that was her wake-up point of like okay i need to start living for other things other than myself mm. and there's this memory that plays right when she picks up the guitar trying to learn how to play it and basically she goes to confront joel or not to confront joel she goes to talk to joel after the shit goes down at this at this like like i guess town-wide dance party or whatever um she goes to talk to joel 
And the whole time, ever since she figured out the truth, she's been cold as ice to fucking Joel about it. Yeah. Understandably so. And she goes up to Joel and basically says, look, I can take care of myself, blah, blah, blah. He's like, okay. And she's like, you need to like give me some space. Okay. And then she's just like, you know, you're such an asshole because what you did is unforgivable. But then she starts kind of tearing up and she just says, but... I can't forgive you for that, but I'd like to try. Mm. I think I'm ready to try to start forgiving you. And Joel gets choked up and he's like, I would like that a lot. Mm. The next day is when he gets killed. Mm. So that's Abby or that's Ellie's entire motivation for revenge is the fact that Abby, she was ready to turn this new page with Joel and begin again and rekindle that relationship and forgive him. So then, and it's robbed from her. Well, that, I mean, I feel like she's even more justified in the revenge after no, that. She's, like, well, that's the thing. Every, that that's the thing. Everybody's thing is justified. Cause it's the same thing. Like, like, you know, Abby's father was killed by Joel. Yeah. It's, it's, it's basically my whole point is that all this is just because something is justified means you should do right, it. Right, right, right. Well, yeah, the, whole yeah, yeah. Point, the whole point of the story to me is that revenge is a vicious cycle. Cause mm. here's the thing. If Ellie had, and I'm That's borrowing this. entire families, bro. You just killed the entire fucking family, so there ain't nobody to revenge you. Well, not everybody's Rick Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but what was it? The the whole thing is that revenge is this vicious cycle, and because mm. the whole thing is, if she had killed Abby, she wouldn't have killed Lev, but Lev would have found a way to stick around. I killed Lev would've... too. Fuck Lev. Well, I'm, Fuck ju- I'm just saying. I'm I know. Just I know. Saying I'm, just, I'm being. I'm being a little ignorant. Lev, Lev, don't you think what Lev would come back and try to kill? It was. It's just possibly. Yeah. It would be but that's why you just thing. just take him out. Just like bitch, I'm gonna drown you. Drown you too. My <laughs> thing is like, from hearing everything and hearing about this is the darkness of me motherfucker if you've killed like so many other people i'm not gonna stop just because i had like i'm gonna let this go bitch i killed so many other people you just another number in the dead bodies like fuck you bitch but the the whole point i get the point i get the point of it yeah the whole point of it is though that revenge is an empty thing and even when you get it which they show with abby even when you get your full revenge where you get to stomp on the motherfucker it's like it still didn't bring her satisfaction or peace or closure. And what happened was she started, she had these consistent flashbacks where it's like the night that her, she found her father was dead. Mm-hmm. You know, she's going through the hospital in Utah with a gun. You see the sirens going off. Everybody's like screaming and everything. And then she finds her father dead on the ground with blood all over him. Yeah. And, but what happens is each time they revisit it, it gets better. The first mm-hmm. time it's brutal as fuck. It's just like she remembers it. The second time is, he's alive i believe but he's like his back is turned to her but here's the thing it's just like when iroh was humbled by like with his son being killed Mm -hmm. when abby found a reason to live which is to help keep these kids alive and give them a new chance and get away from the tribal warfare between the two you know the two fucking tribes or whatever with the wolves and the and the cultists you know she she started having and when she decided to make that choice to not just help them in the heat of the moment but to actually go back and keep them safe help mm. them get to wherever they need to do get mm. them the fuck out of seattle that's when she chose to let things go and to let her father be at peace and then she had another flashback where she sees her dad again he's in the operating room he's not dead instead he turns around he's got this big warm smile on his face and he holds her mm. and so to me it's like again it goes back to the whole no matter what it is, it's about closure. 
yeah. and finding purpose. Iroh found that with his son. Mm-hmm. Zuko found that with accepting what he truly wanted and needed in life. Mm-hmm. Abby found that by helping these kids. And Ellie didn't realize it until it was all gone. Yeah. Until the love like of her that. life is gone. Her, her, her chance at peace is gone. Mm-hmm. You know, she just has to start anew. And that's mm-hmm. where it became, and you know, she's lost her connection with Joel. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's crazy, dude. It's, I mean, it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a 20 hour or 25 hour lesson in revenge and what it really means. Yeah. It's I want to do like a whole deep study into revenge now, a philosophical deep study. I really mm-hmm. want to do that because I, I hear it and I understand it and it makes sense. But I also, and this may just be me. I don't know if I've ever been like, oh, I need to get revenge on somebody for some shit. Cause you know me, I'm generally like, I'm not hella pacifist, but I'm very much like, I'll let things go. I'll let things go. But if you keep wronging me, maybe it's cause I'm a nigga and I'm sick of watching <laughs> niggas die. Fuck your shit, bro. It's not revenge. It's respect me. And if you go fuck me up, I'm going to fuck you up. And so I think that's why I have an aversion to that. And I think not aversion because I totally, I, like, I hear it and I understand it and I get it. But I think for me, within everything that's been going on right now, and I don't mean to take this into like this whole thing, you said, you want to, <laughs> but it's just like, stop mistreating people and being okay with walking away with it fucking stop like go fuck yourself i don't give a goddamn shit how much you've changed or grown you still wronged me and you expect me to let that go as if nothing happened for my own peace yes it would be eye for an eye but at the same time god was opening up the fucking ground swallowing up niggas like he dropped two motherfuckers in the new testament because they lied like shit so that's like the christian perspective but like i don't know it's very like I, but isn't isn't all that coming like I'm I, I'm not trying to like no, take no, away no, from no, it. I know, but isn't that coming? Isn't the whole? I mean, we've, we 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 talked about this with the the last episode. It's just like isn't that all coming from not being heard and not being respected? All the violence is coming from to that. an extent. Yeah, I would say so. possibly. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, the, there's the oppressive side of it yeah, where they yeah. they are actually hurting people. But the whole reason that like you know the rioting and the looting and all this shit is happening in the first place is because y'all aren't being heard. So would you? what would and this is so not you're you. having to resort to that that's what i'm saying it's, it's right. like no, no, this no, is no, a yeah. last resort thing where th- with this it's like i just feel like it's a slightly different kind of thing no no, no that's good no that's what was, that was my question was like yeah. how would you let's say somebody's like this is what black people need to do because this game is so amazing like all this stuff how would you incorporate that with current things going on you know what I, I mean, think, in terms of revenge? Because I don't think black people are trying to get revenge. Yeah, well, but, well you know what I mean? and, and even if you were, you're not unjustified. You right, know? but should we at some point, and I don't want to say let it go, because you can't let it, I don't know, it's, I love this, because this is like, ooh, yeah. this is this so many ideas, and maybe I'm asking the wrong questions, but I think in asking questions, and even they may be wrong and not concise, it leads that thought process to something bigger. You can cut all this out. This is just like some off the top of my head shit. No, I think I think this is I think this is the meat of the episode. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, anyway, but the to answer your question, and it's a hard question. I don't. You don't have to. I ha- I, I think it. I think the answer is already clear. Is it's like, you know, it's not this. You know, and this is the whole like. I mean, because me and you were like, you know, with the fuckers in Brunswick, it's like, why didn't some gangland Fucking shit happen? Shoot with that? Yeah. But as a result of it not happening, and then of course the thing happening with George Floyd, there, you know, look at all the stuff that like Anise is doing and yeah. all, you know, all the other like peaceful protesters who are, you, it's like, we will not be silenced, mm-hmm. but we are not going to resort to 
the brutality that we have been subjected to for centuries. Mm. And as a result, the whole fucking world is like backing that cause up. Yeah. You know, people in fucking countries, in different countries are backing this up. It's, it's exposing systematic racism in other countries too. It's like mm-hmm. the whole world is collectively coming together and saying, fuck off. We are not taking this bullshit anymore. Yeah. That is that that is like, you know, and it's not having to resort to revenge. You're beating them by outsmarting them. Mm. Maybe that's not the right term. In, or I know, I know right what you're saying, though. I know, I, I know but, what you're saying. You know, saying it's yeah. like you're, 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 you're above that. I, I want to ask you, have you, did you see the shit with the fucking, the fucking like white old couple? What the fuck was going on? Because I've just seen the memes and it looks amazing. I just love how he's just like, oh, and she's like, oh, what the fuck was happening? Because so, I, I, like, long I story short, up, I didn't give a shit enough to. Here's my thing. So, I've the only from the video that I've seen, and I saw the video before all the fucking memes popped up, is you know the there there's a mob of protesters or whatever walking mm. through wherever they live. I don't know if it's a gay community or what, but they obviously live in a nice area. Mm-hmm. Um and understandably so, I think on their part, they were concerned and they wanted to make it clear to the protesters, yeah, don't pull any shit, don't come to our house. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with that part. To their house? Huh? Were the protesters heading? They're they're walking by their house from what I understand. Okay. So here's my thing. My problem isn't like, isn't making yourself like, don't fuck with me kind of known. That's fine. That's My problem is when you've got Cunts McGee and her chode husband holding their guns like this. Actually, okay, I can't stand. Oh, shit, bro. She's like. No, keep talking. And she's got her fucking finger on the fucking fucking trigger. trigger, And same with fat. Same with fat motherfucker. It's just movie. like yeah, with with chode motherfucker, is the fact that they are holding these. She's holding it like she's auditioning for Charlie's Angels about five decades too fucking late. And then my point is, my point is, is just like these assholes don't understand basic weapon safety. I don't want them. Ha- and oh yeah, I forgot the worst part. Other than the fingers on the trigger, they're waving them at the protesters and each other. So did you see that apparently she is like some legal person? Yeah. And she, I mean, they're like, no one's done anything about that. Like, cause like, that's fucked up, bro. Like, the, I'm just going, it's like fucking, um, what's his name? John Travolta and fucking Pulp Fiction talking to Marvin in the backseat. Just <sighs> like, what the fuck, dude? Have you not seen Pulp Fiction, bitch? Fuck off. Well, that, that, and it's just like, I, it brings me to the whole thing where it's just like, I don't have a problem with them wanting, like I said, I don't have a problem with them standing up and not wanting people to fuck with their house. Yeah, but by bringing the guns out, that's instigating shit. Well, here's the thing. I, if you're gonna bring them out, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not saying that they should have. I'm just saying, like, if you're gonna bring that into the equation, first of all, I'm gonna have to stand up for a second. Mm -hmm. But you hold, first of all, trigger discipline. Yep. And second of all, what I would have done is, if you're gonna have the weapon be a, a part of the equation. Just, I'd have it at your side. Okay, you can't see it, so never mind. But I'd have it, have it at your side, and just like, and, and with the with the rifle, it's like you just, you just like, you just, yeah, hold you, it like you see troops, like like guard. Hold it troops. like you're playing Call of Duty, bitch. When they're not shooting people. Yeah, well, hold it when you're on guard posts. That's how. Yeah. You, that's how you do. It. I mean, I'm I'm not saying that as if, oh yeah, that's how you do it. But it's yeah, just yeah. like. I was taught, like, my whole thing is being raised around guns. I was taught trigger discipline. You don't ever point it at anybody unless or anything unless you plan to fucking shoot it. Yes. And, you know, all that shit. And it's just like, 
if you're going to bring them into the equation, like I understand like you, you're trying to let people know not to fuck with you. Yes. And I understand like, okay, yes. While I don't necessarily agree that that may have been the right thing to do. I also understand that's like, okay, if you want to send a clear message, if you're holding a fucking weapon, I'm not going to fuck with somebody. Like I saw some, I saw a video of some like, and these weren't protesters. These were clearly instigators. Mm-hmm. They were about to fuck up this like Italian restaurant mm-hmm. and fucking old, like fucking mafia Don looking motherfucker walks outside as they're trying to like, close up everything with a double barrel shotgun and he's just like fuck off yeah leave i'm not going to warn you again i was waiting for the dave Chappelle buckshot 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 birdshot that is jamaican but uh, i'm about to get get a shotgun on call of duty and just say buckshot birdshot every time i shoot somebody (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna gonna do it tonight because i was playing online with jack and anisa um, and, and, and you can cross play with PC, right? Yeah, so I've been playing with I may get it, or so Jackie, Jack, dude, please do because like we have. I'm a part of this uh, Atlanta Actors um, Call of Duty group, and so Jackie and Nisa are in there. Some people that I think you may have met are in there, and we just play. It's so fucking fun, dude. Last night I had like seven. I had seven double kills back to back, and then I died. And then I also had like we were playing Warzone. It was four of us against like 200 other people. We're inside this building. My friends are dropping dead, dying. And this dude drives his fucking car into the goddamn hallway. My friend's behind me. He like runs in front. The dude jumps out the car. He kills my friend. I'm just walking up. I'm just like, oh dude, it's so beautiful. I'm walking up. I'm just like, I take down the first dude. Then another dude comes out of another corner trying to heal heal that guy. And I'm like, and then I just run up to go kill them. And dude, somebody like busted in somewhere and I had an LMG and I just did not let go of that fucking trigger. So like <laughs> I killed those two dudes and I walk into this other room and this other friend came, there's two teams that came in. I killed both teams by myself and then revived all my friends. And so like I run to this room, this other dude's around the corner. And so I kill him and I heard some footsteps. So I didn't let go of the trigger. Another motherfucker comes around. I get down on the ground and they're just trying to shoot me. They're reloading and jumping like a wild ass Halo, like Halo game match. And they're like, ah, and I get down like, ah, and then another dude walks in and I'm like, ah, and so I killed everybody. And then everybody's listening to me on the trap, just like, and then I literally hyperventilated because I just, I don't know how I survived that. And I didn't save the fucking video. I'm so upset. Oh, no, no, no. Dude, I went to save it. Oh, God. And I accidentally hit the share button twice. And oh, my God. It was, it was so beautiful, though. It was so beautiful. But there is a, um, my friend Mark, he got video of me earlier on another match where there's these people coming in. I was trying to revive somebody else. Um, I was trying to revive Anissa. This dude was in front of the door. And I could see him because it was glitching out a little bit. So I let her go. No, I finished getting her up. And then he busts in. He's like, and I'm just like healing her. And I let, I literally just held the gun until it went out. And then I killed like three dudes. It was fucking amazing. I love just like holding them, just spraying. It's been so long since I played Call of Duty. So it's just like, well, the, the the holding and spraying thing I've I've had to do on Predator. Yeah. Like, oh my god! Like, like I didn't tell you I took I took down not one but two Predators in some games Ooh. I played last week. So one time it was me and one other guy. We actually like gunned it down and we killed it. And we had the whole thing is when you kill it, um, you know it has there's a certain amount of time it has to where you can like uh or it can activate self destruct thing. Mm. Um, but if you kill it before that or you deactivate the self destruct thing, um. You have to keep, you have to secure the body long enough for like the government people to come. Yeah. And the first time we did it, um, we killed it, and the government motherfuckers. We had to hold down the fort, and we did, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. The nice. second time I did it, 
um, it, it was too far away and it already activated its thing. But it's like the thing was so the thing was like like I don't know, probably like you know, a football field away from me, like in the trees. But I was like, ba da, ba da, ba da, ba da. You know, I just like sprayed the motherfucker. Drops, and I could see its silhouette still, even though it was invisible. It dropped yeah. down to a rocket. It was about to rip the head off of one of my teammates. I think it did. But yeah. in doing so, it's like, oh, you're gonna do the long out, long drawn out animation. Fine. Boom, 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 boom. And I just like hammered the motherfucker nice. until it's all of a sudden like a predator down. And then I was hoping somebody's gonna get over there and like disable it. They didn't do that, obviously. But um the whole thing is it self-destructed i'm like okay i just turned around and ran and meanwhile the rest of my team got decimated i'm over here like i killed the motherfucker and i got out on time you, you <laughs> need call of duty for free on your pc so we can play because they have warzone warzone's, warzone's free. free okay yeah cool. warzone's free and so like just get that you can play with us we do play online like the standard multiplayer but like that aren't that don't have the full game so we jump between back and forth but like dude you need to get it so we can play online because you and i would have so many good fucking moments and i know you're like i'm okay with like shooting and stuff but because i think predator has been teaching you how to get better <laughs> guns and shit so you get online and then me and you will just army a two shit when half our teammates are dead and just go through fucking killing shit bro let's do it well like i said it's just now that i can do it on pc and we can cross play that's yes we're good because i'm shit with the controller i yeah, just am yeah. But uh, I guess, um, what was it? But yeah, the, the, those two stupid motherfuckers. I love the memes that are coming out of it. Like I, I saw like, get to the chopper. And they've stuck him in with the fire team. I saw and it was like straight one. out of Compton or something. It wasn't Compton. It was like straight out of something. And it's the husband. He's like. <laughs> he, he's got, he looks like a fucking chode. I don't yeah, know how really else to describe does. it. He just is like, it's like, it's some Sea Island looking motherfucker. Yes, thank you. That's exactly what, like, oh my God. Both of them were. But what, what the best one I've seen is like, they photoshopped him on, I've seen the GTA one. It's okay. But the one that made me roll out of my fucking chair laughing was it's the cover of Contra for the NES. Oh my God. And it's just like, you know, with his fat fucking swollen alcoholic red cheeks. And his fucking gut that's about to bust. I don't understand, like, I understand, like, not wanting to wear baggy clothing, but it's just, like, why does every fat motherfucker at that age have to be, like, you have to see every bit of my beer gut. <laughs> it's just the style, bro. It's that privileged style. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I guess, um. so th- did I answer your question in terms of, like, what I feel like with the whole revenge thing? I don't remember my question, but I think we had a good, I don't even know if I wanted it to actually be answered, but I think you, you definitely took it on a very good thought process. Well, it was just the whole, like, you know, at like, at what point is it justifiable versus unjustifiable? I think like what, with what's going on with like, you know, just black lives matter and all that stuff. It's just like, let's put it this way. You talked to me about like the possibility of like, you know, I think there's going to be a race war Mm -hmm. or something, you know, maybe not a literal race. Yeah. yeah, I think it'll be a war against authority. I think that's what it is. I think it's already going. It is. This is the very beginning stages of it. We ain't seen shit yet. Yeah. Like, and that's kind of scary, but it scares me, but I'm kind of like, and another reason why like the whole like death of humanity thing was so easy for me to swallow with the last Mm -hmm. of us. Mm -hmm. I don't care. I don't I fucking care. As long as me and my household are good, Gucci, I'll go. Oh. Yeah, exactly. And it's just one of those things where with this, I'm just kind of like, you know, look, do what you got to do at yeah. this point. Because uh, I don't know what else is going to make it happen. Yeah. Like, so, it's, it's, damn. I don't know. It's exciting, but it's also scary. Well, on that note, where can they <laughs> find you, Jeremiah? They can find me on Instagram at ParkourGeek, and that's P-A-R-K-O-U-R-G-3-3-K. I will be releasing two new episodes of Perspectives, the summer series this month with Morgan Strickland and Julian Green, both wonderful episodes. 
um, a little behind with um, Morgan's episode because we've had some issues trying to record, but I might be able to do that in person. So I'm really excited about that. That's Yay. why I'm like, yeah, that's why I'm like, I'm not, I've recorded it twice. We've recorded it twice. We recorded it three times. And wow. so it's a phone call and then a Zoom call and phone call. And then I realized I was going to go home. I was like, fuck it. People can wait because it needs to be quality enough, good enough quality where I'm happy with it towards like, because it's, yeah. Um, so you can find Heck perspectives yeah. on most podcasting platforms. You can find me on YouTube at Token Stake, A-T-O-K-E-N apostrophe S-T-A-K-E. Uh, and I'm around the world, mostly just Atlanta and my house because I'm quarantining. So <laughs> that is the, That's your world. That is my world. Where can they find you at, Matt? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Art of Matthew at the Art of Matthew on Twitter. Um, you can watch me stream my art on Picardo. It's picardo.tv slash Art of Matthew. Um, I don't stream every day. I It's actually been a few days as of this recording since I've streamed, but you know, just check there. I'll always post on Twitter whether or not I'm doing it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also find my t-shirts at teespring.com slash Art of Matthew shop. Uh, if you want to wear my art, which would be kind of badass, if you do, please like tag me in a picture when, when you get yours. Um, and yeah, that's that's all I've got to plug away at right now. Nice. Well, listeners, thank you for taking this journey with us. And as always, life finds a way. And have a week. The following audio presentation is property of Lake House Creative, LLC. Any reference to copyrighted works is for review and commentary purposes only.